The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's the great Midwest, Kansas Speedway, Kansas City, Kansas. The Monster Energy Cup Series enters this elimination race weekend. Four drivers' hopes for a championship will end today. Start to the race for Mark Trex Jr. Ryan Blaney has his work cut out for it. Here comes the 18. He's got some different strategies right now. Four wide as they come out of two. Kyle Larson's hopes go up in smoke. Kyle Bush wins stage one. Trouble for the 78 of Mark Trex Jr. Denny Hamlin is going to win stage two. 17 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Oh, around goes the 48. And around goes the 77 of Jones. They hit hard. Big Coming out of turn two, Mark Trex Jr. takes the lead. He's going to do it again. Mark Trex Jr. wins. Elimination day at Kansas. Kyle Larson, engine failure, out. Matt Kenseth, too many over the wall, done. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. came up short, eliminated, and Jamie McMurray caught up in the big one, also gone. One of our analysts doubted Jimmy Johnson, the other doubted Kyle Busch, and now we get to play back the tape. I'm going to say uh, the 17 of Stenhouse, the 1 of Jamie McMurray, the 21 of Ryan Blaney, and I, don't, I hate to say this, but the 48 of Jimmy Johnson. I think those guys go you home. Did it again. They get to come back next year, but they have to go home today. Yeah, it's so tough. Anything can happen here. But I'm gonna, the 1 and the 17, I think, are, are giving tough uphill battle for them. Uh, the 18, I think he struggles a little bit here today. A completely different racetrack, and I think that's going to make uh, the, the decision – for that fourth one to be even more difficult, the 21. I want Ryan Blaney to prove me different, and yeah. he and the Wood Brothers move into that round of eight, but I think it's going to be hard for him to do today coming from the back. And with that, we welcome you into NASCAR America, Carol Amano alongside Nate Ryan, and joining us from NBC Charlotte, that lovable duo of Kyle Petty <laughs> and Dale Jarrett. That was really something, both of you. Kyle, I want to start with you. Please make a case for why you continue to say that Jimmy Johnson does not have a shot in these playoffs. Two spins and an accident that he avoids, and he moves on, and that's the only reason. Not because of the way he runs. And listen, since all you people are geniuses out there, please send me the Powerball <laughs> Auto numbers uh, because y'all didn't get anything right either. So don't be put pointing at these two right here. Why? It's so much fun. It's yeah, so much fun. We can tell. <laughs> yeah, we can tell that you're having a, a lot of fun at our expense. Right. Here, they, they give us this right. Say, we're going to have another I segment. Know. Tell us who's going to be out, and we just throw out numbers. Know, like know. we know what we're talking about half the time anyway. But I don't think anyone, not anyone, would have predicted that Kyle Larson yeah. was going to blow an engine and have the problems that he had, and that was going to shake things up. But, uh, uh, gosh, 
Uh, next week when they say do this segment, no, I'm no, not. We're out. Not we're blowing out. it out oh, there. We're going to say call Carolyn. Call oh, Carolyn. Oh, excuse us. Well, I have Nate Ryan right next to me. It's so tough. To, it's segment. so tough to be an analyst. Uh, no, but you know what? In their defense, it, truly, Kyle Larson, nobody saw that coming. No, absolutely not. I mean, first engine failure of his career. I mean, how, how could you have predicted that? And, you know, especially given that he entered with such a cushion, everybody has presumed he was going to be on the round of eight, but that's why they were on the races. Listen, uh, there were many teams facing adversity yesterday. Three former champions, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth, could not escape it. Two of the three able to survive. Ryan Blaney started from the rear. He was up to the task. And it was a very emotional battle for Martin Truex Jr. and his team. They, too, able to get the job done. Let's go back to the race. And we'll begin with Ryan Blaney, like I just mentioned, having that qualifying inspection failure. He'd have to move quickly through the field, DJ, to earn valuable stage points. And he did that. Yeah, I thought this would be much more difficult, but I believe Ryan Blaney would probably tell you today, that was a lot of fun. When you have a good race car like that, and you can just kind of slice and dice your way up through, and, and he found his way all the way up in stage one inside the top five, gaining valuable points. He finished fourth in stage one. Kyle Larson did not finish stage one. Plagued by engine issues, Kyle. Yeah, it's hard to believe he's gone this deep into his career and never had an engine failure. You saw him on pit road. Uh, they checked the ECU. They tried to override some of the stuff, but eventually uh, the components just didn't Hold up, uh, and it goes up in smoke, and his championship chase or championship playoff goes up in smoke. And Jimmy Johnson's problems would happen a little bit later. Yeah, he was not happy with the handling of his car, Carolyn, on Sunday. He spins here. This puts him on the five-minute clock because of the damage. And what's crazy about this is you have to make a, a lap at minimum speed to come off the five-minute clock. Well, five laps later, first lap of the restart, he spins again. So he is still on the five-minute clock when they repair the damage from this spin because of the earlier spin. At this point, his fortune seemed pretty grim, but there was a lot to come in this race. Yeah, lap 198 certainly triggered all kinds of trouble. DJ Eric Jones causing the big one. Yeah, this certainly changed the way, uh, especially for Matt Kenseth uh, and others in there, as we saw. But we wondered, when would one of those drivers that's not involved in the playoffs make a difference to have any impact in this? And Eric Jones was running well, but just got away from him there, created a big accident. So Matt Kenseth has to come start working on this car, see what they can fix. But there's only six people allowed over the wall, as you can see there. There were seven working on the car. Don't like this uh, new penalty to where you're parked after that. Uh, Joe Gibbs is getting clarification, too. And let's back up a little bit to go over Martin Truex Jr.'s day from start to finish. Kyle, we're starting lap 35, restarting below the line here, a drive-through penalty for Truex. Yeah, well, welcome to the land of Oz where we just had a new rule implemented the morning of the race where you couldn't change lanes even if you're the leader. Uh, later, he had a pass-through penalty. Later, uh, he had a loose wheel and a vibration where he had to come in. Uh, which put him on a little bit different cycle, but the way the race cycled around, it was perfect. Well, Dorothy would eventually find her way home, Nate, like she normally does. Martin Truex Jr., another win here, passing Kyle Busch the lead. Yeah, a record six mile and a half victories this season, Carolyn, and also gets the pole position, which gives him the first pit stall at Martinsville, builds up some more playoff points, the round of eight. All in all, a really good weekend for Seventh number winning burnout of the year right there, matching his career title before this season. His total, another emotional win, though, for the 78 team after losing their crew member Jim Watson on Saturday night. What an emotional day, Martin Truex Jr. for you and the team. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Uh, just can't say enough about uh, all these guys on this furniture row, Bass Pro, uh, Toyota. Just uh, really proud of them and uh, definitely racing with heavy hearts today. We're losing Jim last night. Want to send our condolences to his family and um, all his friends. And uh, he was a he was a heck of a guy and a great worker and. Put a lot of speed in these furniture row Toyota, so uh, 
Glad we could get him here, uh, get him one here today, and uh, excited to get another one here at Kansas. This feels really awesome. It's really uh, Furniture Row's home track, and uh, just feels really good to, to finally get uh, finally get another one here. We we got that one in the spring after so many heartbreaks, and then today it didn't look like it was going to happen, and uh, we just persevered. When you said in the red flag, we're going to go win this race, was were you channeling Wild Man at that point? I sure was. <laughs> I was channeling something, and. Uh, a lot of it was this team and the fight in us and all of us and uh, definitely thinking about Jim and his family as well. So um, it's crazy how these things work out, but uh, you just you just got to give your best effort all the time and never give up and uh, just push as hard as you can all the time. And uh, that's what we did today and it worked. Difficult day for Furniture Row Racing, ending in victory for Martin Truex Jr. And we also had some great results for non-playoff drivers, including a ninth-place finish for Eric Almirola and his return to Kansas. He injured his back there in a crash, you may remember, this spring, causing him to miss eight races. Sunday certainly wasn't pretty for Jimmy Johnson, but an 11th-place finish keeps his bid for a record eighth championship on track. And you also see those who failed to make the cut, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Jamie McMurray, Matt Kenseth, and most shockingly of all, Kyle Larson. Nate, start with you on what Martin Truex Jr. and the 78 team uh, was able to accomplish on Sunday. This team emotionally has seen so many highs and lows from a banner year for Martin Truex Jr. to multiple incidents off the track. How much baggage, for lack of a better better term, are they carrying to Homestead? Well, it's just, it's been a really emotional year for this team just overall, Carol. And if you look at the fact that uh, at Watkins Glen, they win the race right after Cole Pern's boy, uh, boyhood friend, the crew chief for Martin Truex Jr., after his boyhood friend gets killed. Uh, and then, you know, this week with the tragedy with the crew member Jim Watson and Truex able to win there. And of course, Sherry Pollock's Truex's girlfriend, who's been battling a recurrence with cancer and has missed a couple of his victories. And, you know, Cole Pern told us last night in the media center that his dog actually of 13 years had to be put down this past week after the, the Charlotte win. So it's just it's one thing after another. And this team has just shown just an enormous amount of emotional resilience. And I think it's making them a bit of a popular favorite among the fan base as well. Kyle, you can just see it on Cole Pern's face. I wonder how he is keeping it together at this point. And not only that, having to manage every detail that comes with the absolute favorite trying to earn a title at Homestead. You know, race people are strange people. Uh, you've been around Dale and I enough and enough race people. But they compartmentalize things. You're able to take whatever's going on in the rest of your life, whatever's going on in the world, put it in a box, put it in a place inside your head, and go out and do your job. And then when that day's over with, then you bring it back out and you sit and you look at it and you grieve. Uh, or you, you're, you're just exuberant over the wind. Whatever that, that emotion may be, race people have that crazy ability to do that. I've seen it my entire career uh, with so many different drivers, so many different crew members, so many different owners uh, who have come through and this sport and have been a part of it and have been champions. They're able to compartmentalize what their job is that day and go out and get that job done. Yeah, it's just amazing the things that this team has overcome uh, through all the things that, that Nate mentioned there and so many other things. I mean, you know, we've always talked about them being uh, so far away from yeah. everyone else and, and trying to make it happen there, having to get uh, different types of crew members to, to move there or or take the ones that are in the Denver area and make all of this work. So uh, they, they've done everything. It's been an uphill battle for them constantly, but I think they have one focus right now, and, and that is figuring out how are we going to continue this 
this long enough, four more weeks to win this championship. They've been so successful, and right now it would be a huge letdown for this team yeah. if they can't continue on and get themselves to homestead. But by winning yesterday, they put themselves, got them some more valuable playoff points and put them in a good position that it's almost uh, a given that they'll be there battling for the championship. A difficult day overall yesterday for Furniture Racing. We continue to send our thoughts to Jim Watson's yeah. family. Uh, let's move on from that, though, and get back to the big wreck on lap 198. Claimed two playoff drivers in Jamie McMurray and Matt Kenseth. Not only that, just opening up a can of worms relating to rules. Hit or go around, Jason. Hit, hit, hit. Seven guys only, seven guys only. Get tires on it. Six, six guys, six guys. We got to beat the pace car up. Hey, you can't have more than six guys, okay? You can't have more than six. We don't have much time. Let's get a tire. Check the grill, check the grill. Roll, 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 roll. We sent one too many guys off. We're going to not have a chance to race for a championship because of that. Is that what you're telling me? Nope. I'm telling you, I sent six over and somebody can't count. That's what I'm telling you. I don't know what any of the rules are. It seems like we got a lot of stuff that kind of gets, uh, you know, changed so often. I honestly can't keep up with it. My head kind of spins from, you know, putting lug nuts on out of pit boxes to one too many guys over the wall. You're not allowed to race anymore. I mean, I just don't get it, to be honest with you. But um, I really don't have a lot good to say right now. Um, I'm more than disappointed, but I'm just going to um, say thanks to DeWalt. They've been a sponsor of mine off and on for 20 years. Um, awesome guys there. They deserve better than this. Uh, we showed some flashes of brilliance this season, been off and on, been fast at times, had great pit stops at times. Just um, just haven't been able to put it all together like a championship team needs to. And um, unfortunately, this is this is an example of that. You know, So I'm hoping I can do a better job here in the next four weeks and uh, hopefully go get a win. Matt Kenseth and the, and the crash clock and having too many men uh, over the wall. It's unfortunate it happened to them, Steve, but that's been really the rule since the five-minute crash clock went into, into play this year, right? It has. It's it's one of those that, that obviously we hate to have to make that call, but but it is an established rule. It's one that we worked with all the race teams at the beginning of the year to, to put in place. The reason for it was if we didn't put some parameters around it, I think the industry collectively knew that you'd have potentially 30, 40 people over the wall, uh, especially around a championship scenario where a car had to get back in. And, and that was the situation we wanted to avoid and, and why the rule was put in place. And, you know, in this case, you know, we try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but uh, it was unfortunate that, you know, seven were identified working on the car, and, and that's an automatic uh, into the race for a driver, unfortunately. So we can debate whether or not this rule is fair, and I know Kyle and DJ are chomping at the bit, ready to do that. But before we do that, right. you heard Matt Kenseth say, we have not been able to put it all together. And that is at the very base of all this, is that this is a team that has suffered from bad execution. Yeah, unfortunately, Carolyn, that's been a theme for the number 20 Toyota of Matt Kenseth throughout his time at Joe Gibbs Racing. When I saw this incident yesterday, I immediately thought back to Phoenix 2013 when Matt Kenseth was locked in a championship battle with Jimmy Johnson. And during that race, multiple bad pit stops hurt him, a, a poor handling car hurt him, and just another lack of execution. You can go back to Atlanta last year, same thing. The, the, the team didn't understand a black flag penalty the correct way and they ruined a really strong car it's just been a recurring theme unfortunately even though Matt Kenseth has been a championship contender at Joe Gibbs Racing I think that's going to be part of the legacy is that he never really fulfilled his full potential as a championship level driver because the team made too many mistakes DJ help me understand why this even happened how did an extra pit crew member get out there 
Okay, well, I agree with what Nate said there. So let's turn to what happened here. Uh, they have a crash uh, protocol, basically, that whenever they're in this type of situation at Joe Gibbs Racing, and each team may do it a little bit different, but this way the 20 team uh, understands in the way that it should be. They have those six people that are allowed over the wall that they're supposed to go. The tire changers are going to go over. The tire carriers are not going to go over because they're not going to help with the repairs on the car. And that's what happened when you get these two. We saw the one guy start over and then he went back and then he decided to come on to work on the left front there. Well, the two tire carriers made this too many people. Uh, they weren't supposed to be there. This was supposed to be the crash uh, protocol where they were going to fix the race car. The tire changers were going to get yeah. the cars on after they finished uh, beating the fenders out. So, uh, But in these type situations, it gets so confusing. Everyone's trying to do everything that they can to make this happen. Yeah, I don't know if we get into the, talking about the rule, how stupid that is. You can have an illegal car at the end of the race, and, but you're still able to run. But uh, this, uh, if they, if everybody got together and said that's what they wanted to do, then I'll put this on the crew chiefs and the others to agreeing to that yeah. because it's just a dumb thing to say that that's how we're gonna to make somebody park their car for the rest of the day. In my opinion, yeah. And and I, I look, I will agree that the rule is in place. I will agree they broke the rule. They didn't follow their own protocol. Um, and, and I will agree that this rule has been in place. I just don't believe the, the punishment fits the crime. Yeah. Um, an encumbered win, you still get to cash the check and get to walk home with the trophy. Sorry yeah. about it. I know you don't get to be in the playoffs, and we can talk to Joey Logano all day long about that. But at the same time, 12 men on a football field doesn't constitute that the field has to, team has to go to the locker room and the game is forfeited and it's over with just because you had one extra guy. And if the teams, if the teams sat down and said, this is what we want, if the owners, if the crew chiefs, it's just a prime example of inmates should never run the asylum. Somebody should protect them from themselves if they came up with this rule. Because this just does not seem like, to me, sitting here and being in this sport my entire life, watching a thousand guys go over, and I'm not saying that's safe by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but if you really want to, to fix some of this stuff, they need to look at punishment versus what the crime is. Because we heard Matt Kenseth. I guess you can pit outside the box and put lugs on. I guess you don't, you're not supposed to race a certain way anymore, but this, you go home. There was another rule controversy that would arise right after the competition caution on lap 35, actually. NASCAR making a change after Saturday's Xfinity race. They told drivers in the cup meeting on Sunday that they would not be able to go below the white line on the inside lane during any restart. And we saw this have implications here with Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, and what's interesting here, Carolyn, is that Kevin Harvick was not penalized, even though he did the same thing. And I, I know we all have heard the adage from our moms, hey, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge? Well, the answer, of course, is no, because you don't want to incur bodily harm or worse because of that. But in this instance, NASCAR is made the ruling that Martin Truex Jr. is the only person who gets penalized here because essentially everybody else had to jump off this bridge. If we can continue my tortured analogy here, um, because you have to stay in line on a restart. And as NASCAR explained today, they didn't want to penalize an entire row for doing the illegal thing that Martin Truex Jr. did. So Martin Truex Jr. was the only person who got penalized. Now, if Martin Truex Jr. had stayed above the line and Kevin Harvick had gone below the line, i.e. jumped off the bridge, um, he would have been penalized at that point. But, of course... He didn't. So, uh, so, so far only, in the show, we've hit, we've hit the Wizard of Oz, a mother's <laughs> wisdom, some NFL football analogies. We still have a lot to get to in the next 40-plus minutes on the show as well. We're going to go back and touch on Kyle Larson again. Absolute heartbreak. 
He emerged as a championship contender this season only to see everything go up in smoke. Kyle Busch, Kyle Clutch yesterday with the season on the line. He did what he had to do. He remains one of the championship favorites. Meanwhile, the seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson hanging on by a thread after two significant incidents, but somehow managing to survive, and now he is moving on to some friendly tracks for the 48 team. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. posted a top 10 at Kansas, but it's actually what he posted on Twitter after the race that caught our attention. All of that still ahead. Premier League mornings in full swing right now. Two of the league's top scorers square off at Old Trafford. Romelu Lukaku and Manchester United hosting Harry Kane in Tottenham. That's Saturday morning at 7.30 Eastern right here on NBCSN. Jimmy Johnson started Sunday's race just seven points above the cut line. Several problems, as we've noted, during the race threatening to end his playoffs altogether. But ultimately, Johnson and the 48 team doing what they have to do to advance. Ten drivers fighting for the remaining six spots. Four will be disappointed at the end of the day. Jimmy Johnson currently holds the eighth and final transfer spot in the playoffs, but to go through to the next round today, Jimmy's got to have a very Jimmy-like day. Oh, around goes the 48 as he was coming out of turn four, sliding through the grass. He was in tenth position. Wonder how much damage is done sliding through that grass. He's got bigger issues with the body on the car right now. I think when you get a closer look at it, you'll disagree with the hood. I, I can scan on both corners of the hood. 48 around Up again, into the guys. wall. It's the 48 one more time around. I think the biggest issue for the 48 right now is that whatever issue they had before this wreck. And also, they just used another set of tires. They're in dire straits there. All right, so we're sitting 10th right now. Looks like we got to be 14th or better. And you think 14th or better, that's not hard, <laughs> right? I mean, Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, he finished 14th or better. 48, 13 points above the cut line. To think about this 48, he was back-to-back -back yellows. Luck was on their side today. Jimmy Johnson threw to the round of eight. Yeah, just the roller coaster ride you're on. Spin twice, not sure what's going to happen. Um, just trying to keep the car on the track, keep it going. You know, the 42 had problems. That big crash on the back, um, you know, you, just, you can never give up in this sport. And that's one thing that this team has always uh, prided themselves on and something I'm very thankful for. We're not where we want to be, there's no doubt about it, but we're staying alive, and, and I know this team so well. We can find something. We're sure as hell trying to get it. Yeah, we ran like shit. Um, yeah, it was a bad weekend. We managed to uh, capitalize on some other people's misfortune, which is was great for us. Um, got some work to do you know I mean, we've got I don't know what's going on but uh, we definitely don't have the speed that we need uh, good news is we got uh, three really good racetracks coming up for us at least historically so he's absolutely right Johnson making it through could be bad news for the rest of the playoff field Johnson has 20 wins combined at the three round of eight tracks nine of them have come on the historic half mile at Martinsville including his win in last year's playoffs that put him into the championship race and we know what happened after that. Kyle, let me start with you. A little earlier in the show, we referenced adversity, all these playoff teams facing some kind of adversity. How much adversity do you think that the 48 actually faced this weekend? Um, the same amount they face every weekend because they have no speed. Um, <laughs> when you go to the racetrack and you don't have speed, you're behind. And, and, and that's, adverse, uh, that's adversity for you. Um, and I think we, we're seeing Jimmy and Chad do everything they possibly can 
to put themselves in position to win this championship. And sometimes Jimmy just can't hang on. Sometimes things just happen. And that's what we saw. They put themselves in a bad place. Jimmy said yesterday, and I was reading it in a story, it says, when things really changed for me was in the middle of the backstretch in that big wreck. That's when his day changed, when some of his main competitors got taken out. And they were able to take advantage of that. So when I looked at it, and, and Holly Kane had a story, and it said, he was as relieved as they were, felt like they had accomplished something. That's what I took away from them yesterday. They were relieved to get out of there and still be in the playoffs. Okay, here's what I think. The, the seven-time champion yesterday did an outstanding job of not hitting anything yeah. with that bad race car that he was having to drive. Now, Chad says they need speed. Well, first off, they better find something that Jimmy can try to attain speed with because if they just find more speed, then they're going to probably crash harder. <laughs> it's the only thing I can figure out. But uh, they did manage to survive. And that's just basically what Jimmy said. He did a masterful job of driving through the crash on the back straightaway. That could have ended his day, but he did an outstanding job there. So they have a lot of work to do, and their best hope in trying to win this eighth championship, in my opinion, is winning at Martinsville this coming weekend. Uh, you're, you're not as dependent on the aerodynamics and the things that are seem to be bothering them, which are at the higher speed racetracks. And so if they can go get it done there, then they've got three weeks or a couple of weeks that they can try to figure yeah. out something before Homestead. But I'm telling you, I talk about that, and, and not everybody can spin a car out twice, uh, as Nate pointed out, and, and not hit something. So uh, he did a great yeah. job there, but there's a lot of work to be done. And they were very, very fortunate more than they were good yesterday. Yeah, and I, I guess I would sort of take issue with, with Kyle a little bit on the overcoming adversity part because <laughs> I know I, I'm always disagreeing with you, man. You know I love you, though. I, I think that they managed adversity really, really well here in a way that I, obviously we didn't see Matt Kenseth's team manage their adversity so well. Jimmy Johnson, two spins in five laps, and they were on the five-minute clock the whole way. They didn't panic, and I think it's because there is a certain amount of battle-tested part of this team that comes to play in that, but I think it's also the, their, their preparation, Carolyn, and go back a couple weeks ago in Charlotte and they knew this rule that nobody else knew about a pit stop and, may, and you know securing a lug nut. They didn't panic in that situation and I think they didn't panic again yesterday at Kansas. Again, they managed the adversity in a way that I don't know if many other teams would be able to come back from two spins and five laps and still get a good enough finish to advance. Okay, you win. Um, <laughs> no, that's no fun. Hey, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing, and I, and I will go back to it. And, and I guess I look at adversity different. This is all self-induced. This is all self-induced. When we're talking the 48 team, we're talking those spins, we're talking the things that happened to them yesterday, we're talking the loose lug nuts, we're talking all this stuff, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You better overcome that at some point in time, and you're exactly right. Some teams can shoot themselves in the foot, and they can't overcome it. So tip of the hat to Chad and Jimmy for overcoming their self-induced adversity. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, Chad Canals was frustrated after the weekend. He spoke to Dustin Long. You can find it on NASCAR, on our NASCAR uh, part of our website on NBCSports.com. They know that they have a lot of work to do. Um, still ahead on the show, though, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s championship predictions. He made a few at the race, and we are also going to dive into Kyle Busch's performance from yesterday. Started the day seven below the cut line, finished at 13 above why he is a big threat to win it all next.
Very special show for you coming up this week, Wednesday at 5 Eastern, NASCAR America Live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And we have Joe Gibbs with us. We're going to discuss his team's drive for another Cup Series title, also explore how his winning philosophy from the gridiron helped him build one of NASCAR's elite organizations. That is must-watch television, and that is coming up in just a couple of days. Meantime, Kyle Busch entered Sunday's race seven points below the cut line, but he had a very fast race car. He led a race-high 112 laps. He earned valuable points for his stage one victory. As the race played out, Bush found himself a lap down before powering his way into the round of eight with a 10th place finish. I wouldn't have thought a 29th, a 27th, and a 10th would have made it through, you know, but um, obviously a lot of other guys had to have trouble in order for that to happen, so I hate it for those guys. To live and see another day, how nice is this points reset now because you go from a week where you're on the bubble, below the bubble, now to being the second seed again. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, it's just, it's just what the format is, the same for everybody. You just got to be uh, the best of what uh, what's going on with your situation. So, um, you know, we're going to Martinsville next week, and that's going to be really good for us. I feel like we tested there a couple weeks ago and learned some things, felt really good about that. We, we should have won the spring race. We got tight at the end and, and finished second. So uh, looking forward to going to Martinsville, and hopefully I can just punch my ticket to Homestead and, <laughs> and uh, take two weeks off and then uh, come back and, uh, and race it, race everybody like heck for that final, that championship. So, DJ, Kyle Busch is planning his vacation already, but you heard him <laughs> reference the finishes that he has had in this last round. They were not great. This one on Sunday, his best. You have to ask the question whether or not he is the second favorite at this point based on what he's done to win the championship right behind Martin Truex Jr. now. Yeah, but the one thing they've had is speed. Uh, they haven't had some good luck to go along with that. So I, I still think that they are sitting right there. And, and I think that's who uh, Martin Truex looks at uh, the most, that that's who he's going to have to beat for the championship uh, if they both make it to Homestead, which I believe uh, will happen, even though I haven't picked anything else right. But <laughs> l let's say this. After I was talking about that, the rule to park a car uh, when you have too many people over the wall is a bad rule, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to say that the body of work that NASCAR did for the playoffs and the way that we had the playoff points and moving everything forward by having the regular season yeah. mean as much as it did. And that's why Kyle Busch is going to be where he is, sitting in that second-seated uh, position. Uh, I, I applaud them for that. Uh, every, every bit of the work that went in to planning all of this out, that's exactly what it was for yeah. to keep these drivers uh, – from you know being put out by having just a, a few bad races, but they were able to overcome everything. They're sitting there, and now everything resets. I'm just looking forward to Sunday because everybody we've talked to has talked about winning Martinsville <laughs> on Sunday. This should be outstanding. <laughs> That's a fact. Martinsville is going to be, but, but I'm, I will say this, Dale. You're right. Kyle Busch is the poster boy for stage points and what stage points can mean to a driver once he makes the playoffs because he gave every one of them back in this in this segment or in, in this round of the playoffs. Uh, 29th, 27th, and 10th, no, you look at those numbers and you say there's no way you're going to the round of eight if you have those finishes. But if you have the body of work in the 26 races in the regular season, then yes, he was able to, to parlay that into where he's at now. And as Dale said, the one thing that he does have is he can win races, he can win stage points, and he showed again on Sunday he can lead laps and run up front. And that's what it's going to take to move to Miami. All right. And it's also going to take overcoming adversity, which is you know theme of the show. And we saw him do that already in this round, Charlotte, where he was you know overcome with the, the heat exhaustion there and still able to come through uh, and and persevere and be able to finish that race. That was certainly a moment for him. And then Talladega, of course, too the the, the wreck there and that they were able to rebound from that 
at Kansas and still get through Carolina, I, th I think this team has really shown that when it comes to overcoming adversity that they, they certainly would qualify. We saw a little bit of flashes from our Charlotte studio. Hopefully that's not Jimmy Johnson in there cutting the cords <laughs> because DJ said that maybe somebody other than him would have a chance to win Martinsville. But I'm not sure Kyle Busch gets enough credit for the work that he does, like you said, to overcome really any challenge. We've discussed that ad nauseum with Jimmy Johnson here over the course of the show. The 18 team does the same thing, and he is at the helm of that. Yeah, and they often come back with you know strong performances after having victories get away with you know. The, if you look at all the races this year that he could have won, and he's got a handful of victories, but really he could be ahead of Martin Truex Jr. in terms of total victories, and they haven't let that get them down. There have been some missed opportunities, and often when you see those missed opportunities, like Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch was saying at Martinsville back in the spring, I think he goes back there knowing that, hey, we almost beat Brad Keselowski there in the spring. I'm not going to focus on what went wrong. I'm going to focus on the fact that I've got speed and I can win and advance myself to the championship yeah, round. Martin Truex Jr. is a favorite right now, but there are other drivers who can contend right in the mix. Kyle Busch managing to keep his hopes alive on Sunday. On the other hand, another championship hopeful named Kyle saw his go up in smoke, quite literally. We're going to look back at the engine failure that ultimately cost Kyle Larson a shot at the title and what his departure means for the remaining playoff drivers moving forward all the way to Homestead. That conversation next. is when you need to be with us as the NASCAR Monster Energy Series playoffs reach the round of eight on the short track at Martinsville. 500 laps of close quarters racing. That's Sunday, 3 Eastern. That one's right here on NBCSN. On lap 65 in Sunday's race, Kyle Larson was forced to pit road with engine problems. A short time later, that engine would fail, forcing Larson to watch as the other playoff drivers determined his fate. And when the race was over, Larson was one of the four drivers eliminated, and he was understandably stunned at that outcome. I felt it drop a cylinder or something. Um, so disappointing uh, way to finish our race and probably our, our season, um, but we'll uh, be all right. Disappointing, but uh, we've had a, had a good year. Got to thank Credit One Bank, Target, everybody that's been involved. Uh, Chip, Felix, Rob. Um, sucks to uh, to to have the engine failure, but um, it's just it is what it is. It's sinking in as the second passes by, but uh, I don't know. It, um, it, it, it it things happen. You know, I think you look at the past playoffs. Um, you know, the '78 had an engine issue last year, best car all year, um, and then us this year. So. This is what Larson tweeted after the race. Crappy way to end our run at the championship, but that's just part of it sometimes. 25 years old, going to have more opportunities with this team. DJ, this is something that we have seen not just from Kyle Larson, but from other teams over the years in crucial times in the playoffs. Otherwise, these things happen. Yeah, they, they do, and that's a, a great attitude that Kyle Larson had there at such a young age, but understanding he will have more chances. But we've seen this, Kyle, and I say this probably too many times, but we tend to forget that these things are made of parts and pieces and assembled by really talented humans, yeah. but things do happen. This was back at Dover, uh, Jimmy Johnson with the, the rear seal uh, problem there. Uh, same time, uh, Kyle Larson had a battery issue that, that cost him. So things are going to happen. They're going to continue. Yeah. I'm pretty amazed that they don't yes. happen more often. Yeah, I am too. And, and we see Martin Truex uh, taken out at Talladega uh, with engine failure, and now Kyle Larson and, and in this round. But this is what's funny. Dale, we, we spoke about it yesterday. 
we talk about these drivers like they go out there and they go head to head. You know, it's Kyle Larson against Kyle Busch. It's Kyle Busch against Martin Truex. It's Martin Truex against Jimmy Johnson. It's their teams against each other, and it's that mechanical piece of equipment they use, that car against each other. And sometimes a part of the team, whether it's a pit stop, too many men over the wall, whether it's a driver running out and spinning or, or something that the driver does, or whether it's a parts failure, can take you out of this. And so many times, we don't talk about that enough, I don't think, because these guys, once we get to this stage of of, of the playoffs. These guys are pushing every boundary, every limit they can to be the best because they know they had to get to eight. Eight's got to get to four, and four's got to get to one, and everything has to perform perfectly to make that happen. Yes, yeah, about overcoming adversity, however you look at it, right? Yes. All right, that's enough. That, that is enough. That was a theme at the top of our show. You two just cut There's it out. There's a land. Just cut it out. Um, no, how about this, though? Just the fact that it was, and I'm not taking anything away from what Kyle and DJ are saying. It, they're right. parts and pieces, no doubt. But the fact that it was a Hendrick engine, right. is that salt in the wound just a little bit for Larson's team that you see these other drivers and Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott advancing? I mean, I think that Chip Ganassi Racing and Kyle Larson will put a happy face on it and say, look, we won four races this year with Hendrick Motorsports. Horse, horsepower, this thing can happen at any time. But, you know, I think if you ask them, you know, honestly, privately, I think they would probably say, yeah, that, that stinks a little bit that we have the engine failure and the team that's supplying us with the engines, both of their drivers, Chase Elliott and Jimmy Johnson, advance on a day when it certainly appeared Kyle Larson might have had a faster car than both of them. All right, Kyle, what about this? Adversity aside, let's talk Martin Truex Jr. truth serum here. Is this the best case scenario for him, bar none, to have Kyle Larson out of the Homestead equation? I think it's a great a great thing that happened to Martin Truex. I think it's great, no matter who. Okay, I'm going to say Martin Truex. Whoever the other three guys were going to be at Homestead besides Kyle Larson, if you can keep Kyle Larson out of Homestead, that's a huge plus. We heard Kyle Larson at Kansas talking about preparing for Homestead, running up next to the wall, getting back into the rhythm of it, understanding what the car does up next to the wall. He was already that far along. And those other competitors, he was already in the back of a lot of their minds saying, man, if Kyle Larson get gets to Homestead, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to go through him to get there. So, yes, I do believe that what happened to Kyle Larson, just as what happened to a lot of people yesterday, helped Jimmy Johnson and a couple of other teams move forward into the round of eight. I think what happened to, to the 42 car of Kyle Larson yesterday, a lot of people, the, the, last, the eight people that are in, breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that uh, uh, Sunday in Homestead whenever Kyle Larson is one of the four and is going to battle for a championship because he's so much fun. Uh, the last couple of years, he's had the fastest car, didn't win. I think this year, we may look at the first time that the champion doesn't win yeah. the race, the eventual champion, because Kyle Larson's eventually going to win a race down there. He is just outstanding to watch uh, at Homestead. Yeah, you know what, Carolyn, it pretty much comes straight from the horse's mouth. I asked Cole Pern after the winner at Chicagoland by Truex, you know, do you think that Kyle Larson would be the favorite if you guys both make it to the championship round? Cole Pern said yes. I mean, he, he absolutely thought that Kyle Larson right now has the advantage. There's a crucial test at Homestead Miami Speedway Wednesday, Thursday of this week where Truex is going to try to up his game. But I think that team knows now that it, it, the task might be just a little bit easier with Larson out of the game. Incredible season for the 25-year-old. Coming up, uh, drivers, not the only ones making headlines at Kansas. We're going to focus in on some pit crews, of course, and the impact that they had on how all of this played out. Pick for review coming up next.
Welcome back, everybody. So what kind of year is Martin Truex Jr. actually having? Scoot a little closer to TV so you can see this. In the first 407 races of his career, he won seven times. In the last 30 races, he has matched that total of seven wins. And yesterday's win set the record for total wins in a season on a mile-and-a-half track, and it was also his fourth straight on a mile-and-a-half. That, too, is a record. Furniture Row Racing competing with very heavy hearts on Sunday after the loss of their teammate, Jim Watson. But the 78 team persevered. They earned a win to honor their colleague and their friend. The fabricator for the Furniture Row team, Jim Watson, lost his life yesterday. With heavy hearts, they race. Brian Deal, gas man. Uh, just another huge day for us, uh, considering the circumstances of this weekend. Battled through, we had the early penalty, just kept fighting and fighting all day long, and came out with the win. He's going to do it again. Mark Trucks Jr. wins. Love you, bud. Just wanted to say a big shout out to Jim Watson's family. We love him, and we're, your thoughts and prayers. Brian Deal and the 78 team notching their seventh victory of the season. All season long, the squad has overcome nearly every obstacle which has been thrown their way. Of course, having someone like Cole Pern calling the shots on the pit box hasn't hurt their case either. By the way, Furniture Row Racing just announced that a memorial service for Jim Watson is going to take place this Friday in North Carolina. Uh, DJ, we haven't really spoken that much, I guess, about the 78 pit crew. All the focus has been on Martin Truex Jr. and his individual accomplishments this season. Is that a good thing that you're not hearing that much about him? <laughs> Yeah, I think when we're not talking about them, it probably means they're not making many mistakes yeah. along the way. So, you know, this is a team sport in so many in so many different ways, and that pit crew has to do their job to keep their driver there. Yeah, they have a fast race car and an outstanding driver that can overcome a lot. They had a loose wheel yesterday. Uh, the type of mistakes that you can't have most of the time, but that fast car and a good driver helps them overcome this, but uh, they, they've really done a good job. Yeah, and, and, and I'll say this. Even when... They've had a few things that have happened. We never hear the team or the crew chief or the driver point fingers yeah. at anybody. They just get in there and dig. They are one of the most exuberant groups when they get to victory lane. Every time they're in victory lane, you would think it was the first time they had been there. When they won the pole at Kansas, you would think it was the first time they had ever won a pole. They are truly, in the definition of what a team is, they are a team. So no matter what they do, when we're not talking about them, you can bet they're talking to each other and they're pulling ahead uh, and they're doing the best they can week in and week out. Yeah, and I think that camaraderie, Kyle, is built off the fact that they they have been so good together, and that hasn't always been the case with the number 78 team. The first time they made the playoffs in 2013 with Kurt Busch, they weren't that good, and they haven't been that good since then, but this season they have been completely on par. All right, uh, coming up next, this is a very difficult question for me. Do you follow your head <laughs> or do you follow your heart in this sport of NASCAR? Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to follow both with his predictions for the championship four. We're going to show you what we're talking about when we come back. his ticket into the final eight for the championship run. Racing at Martinsville um, in the playoffs is kind of nuts. When I look at Martinsville and I try to sum up in one word, I think it's opportunity. Keselowski's going to win at Talladega. It's our opportunity to win at the homestead. 
With Martinsville starting the round of eight, the eight remaining playoff drivers have their points reset to 4,000 plus their respective playoff points. Martin Truex Jr. up to 69 playoff points after his win on Sunday. That gives him a 52-point lead over the cut line to advance to the championship four. He's not a lock, but that's about as close as it gets at this point. I wonder if you at home have your championship four picks yet. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has two sets of picks. You can see at the top of the screen those he's betting on and those he's hoping for. You will notice Brad Keselowski not in either set. And that drew uh, some reactions from both Brad and his spotter Joey Meyer on Twitter. Brad, I just figured he was salty because Joey got us home first. We're assuming that means Joey Meyer is the pilot and actually got him home from the racetrack faster than Dale Earnhardt Jr. But I think this lends itself to a larger discussion, DJ, in that the drivers that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is pulling for and his friend, Ryan Blaney, who he's very close with, and also another young driver in Chase Elliott, that is where a lot of people are hoping the sport will go. Do you take that from his tweet as well? We, we know the veterans have been there. We know that they deserve it. But to see these young, fresh faces ultimately is where the sport needs to go. Okay, let me say this first, that if we're going to get two shots at picking who's going to be on, Kyle and I didn't get a fair shot there you yesterday. Guys yeah. that you aside, guys don't. Not that, not that we're thinking about that. No, I think you're exactly right. And I think as Junior's moving out uh, and then you know being the most popular driver for so long and carrying this sport, that he recognizes these young guys that are the future. Yeah. So if they can be a part of that championship for now uh, down there, that gets them in front of everyone and just starts the process. Yeah, and, and look, they are the future of the sport just as Junior Jr. and Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon and those guys were the future of the sport and at one time Dale Jarrett and I were the future of the sport it's going to change here's what I'm going to say at the beginning of this show Carolyn you crucified us because of our picks now that's Junior's picks Junior has spoken I am getting ready to call Vegas and put my money on those picks because I told you at the beginning Give me what the lotto numbers are. Junior just gave me what the championship four is, and I'm going for it. Why does it always come down at the end of the show to me doing something to you? You're the analyst. It's That's your a, job. Okay, I go, I go 4, 18, 78, and 48. I'm not going with my heart. I'm going with Junior. Okay, That's you've never, I'm going with. okay, you've never gone with Jimmy Johnson since we started this show years and years and years ago. Uh, Nate, do you share the consensus that this really is about offering his thoughts on what, what the future may bring yeah and I also think there's some sentimentality here right like that he he's partied with Ryan Blaney after Ryan Blaney's first victory of Pocono and Chase Elliott is his teammate but he's also somebody who I think he's mentored a little bit the last two seasons and I think he has a soft spot for him in his heart as well so I I think he knows this is good for NASCAR but I think for Dale Jr. it's also good if these two guys make it I hope you both know you have to keep making picks not today <laughs> hey listen there's no place for there's no place for sentimentality in this sport. Give everybody a participation <laughs> weapon, and let's go to the Bahamas. All right. Kyle Petty is now salty, and unfortunately, that's all we have for today on NASCAR America. We're going to end it right there. You can always log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR for the very latest from Nate and also from Dustin Long. We're going to be back Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk more about what happened this weekend then. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.